to episode five of Burley. Your bears. And a teat. Teat. I am your host, JT, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Adam Burley. Adam and I are recording this on the 25th of June uh, at about nine o'clock in the evening and basically living inside the sun. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'm just sitting here, one big sweaty sausage... Um, <laughs> we've discussed this at length before how my house is a complete sweat box and your 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 house is the hottest indoor space i've ever been in um and i don't mean in that in a harsh way it just it's very naturally a hot place that you live in keeps it in keeps <laughs> it in just, we we are really it, attractive to badgers but you <laughs> I can only imagine you've got the most insulated house in the world. Yeah, if, I believe, because I'm quite nerdy, I believe your house is south-facing, so it gets all the sun all day. It is, man. It's, and you're, yeah. you're kind of leveled up a bit as well, so you must be getting some of the residual heat from your neighbours. Because of the steps, I think we're just closer to the sun as well. Oh, you're just absorbed. You absorb. So I, whenever I come in, like even on a, hot, on a, on a, on a non-hot day, it's warm. Um, and I'm, I, I don't like to be hot at the best of times I'm, I'm i like things to be cool bit drizzly maybe you know a bit breezy that's that's where i'm comfortable and uh yeah and on a hot day i feel like my eyeballs are sweating in your gas <laughs> well i mean if yeah, we had really. a if we had a conservatory it would basically be a greenhouse with an ecosystem it, I mean, it's so stressful how warm this could, house is yeah you, you could just grow like loads of exotic plants in your face <laughs> And who says I don't? Because there's clearly the right climate locally in my in my lounge. It doesn't help, of course, that I pack downstairs with as much technology to fill a Curry's PC world for, the, for those twelve versions of that that are still working. Um, so uh, it's 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 the warmest place around, and I can tell you that that stays the same even in the winter. We only really turn our heating on when it gets like deathly cold outside. We don't which need to really, which isn't even that often. Like I love a crisp morning; they're like my favourite mornings. You know when? Well, I don't know if you know this, but if you get up really early to go to work, and you're getting up and you're walking, <laughs> hold on, that's a, that was a very loaded comment. Yeah, <laughs> that I, was a bit because there's there's a there's a line to be drawn there, which is I I definitely don't like early starts, but I definitely go to work. Okay, let me start that. When you get up for a commute in the morning, and, and like at six o'clock in the morning, and you're walking to the to the bus stop or the, yeah. or the train station, and it's just you, that fresh, crisp air hits you on the way out. Oh it's gosh. like it's like two coffees, like bam I've in the face. A, I've done enough. Like if I've had to go on like a if I've been running a trip of some kind with my academy, or it's been like a long rehearsal day where I've had to get out at the crack of dawn. I that feeling it hits you like when you go in from a hot to a cold place. It's yeah. that sudden shift in temperature that, like, you feel it. And right now, all I'm feeling is a toaster. <laughs> it's yeah, the worst. I, just, I feel like I'm being my 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 private space has been invaded by the sun right now. It's like get out, get yeah. out, yeah, stop, pull pull yourself out of me, and uh, <laughs> go over there. The sun has it's... absolutely no concept of social distancing right now. No, it needs to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. We're going to kick things off as we always do. This fifth episode of Burley and Atit Burley. I can't believe we're here. You know, this is now, we've now officially done more versions, more episodes of Burley and Atit, the podcast, the audio podcast, 
than we did of the filmed version in your kitchen. Oh, how many did we? We only did like three, didn't we? Three I'm pretty four? sure we did four. Yeah. Because we don't want to mix it up with the other ones we did, did we? We did some more larger group ones as well, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, with, so, with your brother Jason and Johnny as well. Um, yeah. But if if you took just the brand, just Burley and Atit, what that incredible franchise has put out over the many brand. years. Um, <laughs> the t-shirts available at <laughs> $9.99. Sponsored by EA, which we always seem to love so much on our shows. Um, yeah. Oh, those ones are covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is we've officially this is this is a good place we're in right now. We've hit a record. I like it. Halfway to ten. Halfway Boom. to ten. Well, I think the great thing about Burley and Ati is I think because these are conversations we're just having anyway, we just happen to record them and and give them silly segments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we've had these conversations for the last god knows how many years in in the in my car at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> that sounds a bit devious, doesn't it? <laughs> or. <laughs> Or just out and about, or you know, yeah. on, or like you said before, like on WhatsApp. Some of our historic WhatsApp chats are just incredibly unusual to the outside <laughs> world. We'll we do just anything, it, like the the phone calls we'd have, and especially like those like late night drop offs when you and I would just be chewing the fat in the you know. And I'm sitting outside my house, and yeah. you and I are just still just just chewing away. And we and so many times in those conversations, we would be actually both thinking privately and also saying out loud, "Why aren't we recording this?" I think we've said that on one, or we did say that on a, on several occasions. I think in, in over the years, we said, "Oh, we should just record this, shouldn't we?" These are these are just like yeah. odd odd conversations that some people might want to join in on. <laughs> and what's so <laughs> surreal now is you've got like friends like Rocco who listen to us whenever a new episode drops. That is what will accompany him on his morning commute to work. It's you and I like unpacking the mystery of your bowels. <laughs> <laughs> all things he definitely wanted to know about yeah and and he's actively still asking about i mean i played crash team racing with him an hour ago as we recorded this so he he's still curious he still wants to get to the bottom of it yeah i almost sent some texts recently i think even this morning i almost sent ones to to be like just to just to, to test everyone was still active and, and about by going oh it's only eight 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 oh five and i've already dropped to 12 incher <laughs> <laughs> well you know actually that's that last episode we shot the uh, not episode four uh, episode three our first question episode where we took some questions from uh, from our audience um my buddy mike said that it was by far his favorite episode to date yeah talking about the uh, extrument that comes from me <laughs> yeah. and getting to the bottom of those Figur- seat- figuratively and literally yeah i, I think i think yeah. the pee bag story resonated i think that was something where he was like <laughs> he, he he was like he could he really could feel the emotion. <laughs> I, just, I thought you were going to go. He could really feel the, you know, the splash on the, the spray on his face. You did you know, say it was. was a, oh, you did it's say like it was... I was there in that very bush. <laughs> you said it was a pretty full bag, so um... it was absolutely brimming. <laughs> so let's kick off our, our, as we always do with our recurring segment, where we talk about things that are just exciting us in our life right now, and that is Twingeman Nevers. E.R. Twinge my nethers. So, Burley, what has been twinging your nethers? So, I recently, and I, this isn't like me, I'm usually up to date with things, I finished The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Ooh, nice. So, I watched a few of the episodes when it first came out, and then I just stopped and went, oh, I'm going to save these 
for uh, a day where I'm going to appreciate it. And I basically binged them all in a day. And I watched The Mandalorian, which got me really, like, I really, I love the show. And I want to kind of talk about that a bit separately. But what also, when I finished it, it was one of those things where, oh, I've done it. I've watched it too fast. And now I've got, thankfully, I've left it so long now. We've only got to wait till October for season two. So I'm like, oh, it's only a few months to the next season. Great. But, you know, sometimes you want something to sort of keep you going. Mm. And and have you seen the um, the the series that they released, the gallery? No, is that is that the behind the scenes thing? So it's the behind the scenes of the Mandalorian. Cool. So, but what I want to focus on actually is the behind the making of, rather than the show in itself. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Great. Fun. I think if you're a if you like Star Wars, you love it. I think if you don't like Star Wars, you love it. Um, I think if you like Rogue One, you will love that show. Uh, hands down without a show of doubt but i think even if you don't like star wars or you've never seen any of the films you could watch it and enjoy it as a routine maybe yeah yeah yeah. it it it, it, it's a great story and it's got loads of easter eggs and references in it that the nerds nerdy fans can go oh yeah i know that but you don't have to it's just in there for the for the nerds but you could generally just watch it and be like oh that's right it's like a western like a spaghetti western samurai you know, Seven Samurai meets sort of sci-fi. It all just just gels really well. Absolutely, and, yeah, it's great fun. Uh, amazing, and I, I I can't. I think easily top five shows of all time that I've ever seen, as on as it stands at the minute. Um, and I suppose that's probably a segment for another time. It's like top top ten TV series I've ever watched. I wouldn't know. I'd have to think about that. Mm. But. But I want to focus on the gallery part because that's where I actually was like nerding out a bit more because <laughs> the what what they did to make the show was like really innovative and genuinely really interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, and like, especially if you're someone like yourself and my and me, I guess, where you're so immersed in that world and you love that sandbox that. It, when you get a little peek behind the curtain, it can be really fun just to see the amount of care and time that goes into making something like that. It's just the process behind it and what they did to make it work. So just simple things like the, they hardly used any green screen for what they did. Now, so I've, you think, I've read about this. Yeah. Is this the so, thing where they like projected environments? Yeah. So they basically used like, so they built certain bits, obviously, and all the stuff in the foreground is real. But then anything, because when you think, oh, well, if you didn't use green screen, you must have done a lot of on-location stuff. No, no, no. They literally did it in, like, <laughs> all in, like, a couple of sound stages in California and a back lot in California, but all in the same place. Because they use, like, I don't obviously, I'm quite, I've seen, like, um, uh, studios in action. I've seen back lots and I've seen stages and how they make films. I've, I've because I used to work on a, on a, on a, for a studio, you know, you'd walk through the environments on a daily basis. So you kind of get an understanding of how that works and the complication to it. But they, the way they simplified it in a way, I suppose it's, they didn't simplify it because they had to create it, but they, it's, it's opened up what the sort of things that they can do. So it's all LED sort of like TV screens all stitched together in a big arc or a big circle around the, um, what they're, where they're filming and then like a ceiling that comes down over the top of it and then they project onto it like with using video game technology where it's the point of view of the camera so the camera projects the point of view onto the screens 
so that it it changes depending on the angle of the camera. That's insane. It's so then when you get all those really cool lighting effects, so they're not having to use all these stupid lights to shine off of everything to get the light. So when they do like a a dawn, they get all the natural light from that from the TV screens reflecting on the the guy's armor, so it all feels very real. That's how it feels so real because it is actually a dawn. <laughs> But yeah. it's just a fake. It's a fake one, but it's, it's real because it generates the right type of light without having to do the green screen and then put the light on it and then get all that stupid. It look when you do green screen, it looks so obvious, but this one just looks so much realer. That's amazing that they're able to still have digital sets and backdrops that are enhanced by that technology, but it's not green screen and then put in after the fact. It's done yeah, when you, on location you, while they're shooting. When you're when you're seeing it all, the amount of green screen that they use is is tiny. It's minimal. It's like, oh my god! Normally, there'd be so much green screen, um, and 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 the practical effects as well is like really involved. So, I highly recommend to you to watch this. They're only half-hour episodes, so they're easy to just sort of chuck in and watch. And there's only like seven of them, seven or eight of these things. So even down to how they did all the music, and you, you when you watch the the music episode, you, you suddenly start to appreciate how they've subtly put the really cool the scores into all the episodes and you're like and you don't realize that at the time you're watching it you do realize you go actually that music was was actually really good and really fit the scene really well they really thought and how it through the, yeah and how the guy came up with all the the how he put it all together like with a recorder in his bathtub basically um but it sounds amazing <laughs> does just, it does watching that behind the scenes now make you want to go back and watch the show again to look to appreciate it in a new way yeah, in a way it does. Not straight away, but like sure. I'm not like you got to give it some time to sort of like you want to forget something. Yeah, yeah. So that you rewatch it, you can re-remember it. But even down to like how they, like all of the aliens and stuff in the show are all like puppets. They're all real. Like how they built it all, so it doesn't feel too, like oh that's CGI. Do you know what I mean? That's like, something you know, I really, you, I really like that when about you the modern... watch something. You can sometimes tell, oh, that's good CGI, but it's CGI, or that's bad CGI. And yeah. It's like, but this doesn't fit. That has not. It literally. You've obviously watched the show. It doesn't feel like that, does it? Not at all. And, it... and that's something I really liked about the modern films is that a lot of them were shot practically with the puppets, with animatronics, and it, in some ways, felt like the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So when when there's an explosion. The, the guys are being pulled with, with the wire, aren't they? There's yeah. wires and uh, and actual explosions on set. So it feels real. It feels like, oh, actually, well, that was an explosion and that feels like that could have hurt as opposed to I feel a bit de- detached from that because it looks fake. But it's never really a problem. But you can suddenly, when I watched it, I hadn't quite appreciated it until I saw it and they, and they really highlighted it. So when I remember watching it thinking, this is really good, the way, the feel of it. It just feels very high budget for mm. a TV show. It but gives... actually, they achieved it with quite a, a low budget in comparison to a film, but it felt as good, if not better, than a film. It felt like it had the production value that you would expect from, say, like a big budget summer Star Wars film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it, and I, I don't want to give too much away because obviously you haven't seen it and I don't want to ruin that. But just all the nerdy stuff so the guy that they got one of the guys that sort of um co-created and and was it like the executive producer was the dave filoni guy that did like clone wars and Rebels. oh yeah so he's very involved now in a lot of the star wars stuff because he is um 
a massive nerd as well sort of he knows loads of stuff and he would do he would then inject some of that per, that like law and cat like that canon in like without into the show without it contradicting the um the universe that's been created and he does that really well um but it's just just watch it it's just so it's just really you'd appreciate it i think i think you'd really appreciate it and it, it, it i almost enjoyed it almost as much as the tv show oh, absolutely yeah man i i think i've always had an appreciation for when say the marvel movies on blu-ray would put in like special features interviews with the actors and you see storyboards concept art how they shot complex scenes i love behind the scenes stuff i've I've enjoyed that for i say the marvel stuff just because they often do pack a lot onto their um dvds and blu-rays and stuff but anything really like any genre of film if it's got some kind of behind the scenes component i'm absolutely willing to dive in and just and want and get into the weeds and really unpack what made it special and what they did that was so different sounds like the mandalorian very much had that same approach which is they wanted to be as authentically star wars as possible yeah because the guys the people all the people that a lot of the people that were making it were like big like a big nerds of it so like you got john favreau and dave uh, dave filoni who do it who are massive fans so obviously they don't want to ruin it, but they don't. They want to make it its own at the same time. Yeah. So they just subtly put in, weave in all of the stuff that makes it official to the to the people that would appreciate it by putting in certain characters. Like you they said it's like being a kid with your action figures and playing, <laughs> Can playing you imagine, with it. Imagine how fun that would be to have that opportunity to work on something like that now, after all this time, to be shaping new Star Wars stuff. Yeah, and that's what they see. They see, oh, it's like an honour for them to be doing it. But at the same, they don't want to ruin it. So, that, but they're doing. I think they're walking the, the the line perfectly in what they do, how they've done it. Um, but they've been really innovative in the, in their approach and almost using a lot of the old, some of the even like the old techniques used in the old films, purposely putting that in there as a, to create the same feel, like to make so, it more like, authentic hand puppets in some places and the animatronics and even using some models in a few situations as well because models is quite expensive but they went oh we built one model and then we then used it for these shots and stuff so then it felt really good but then they combined that with the new modern innovative approach and anyway i I imagine people that probably aren't into this are probably already tuning out because i've got really serious and nerdy (laughs) But all I can say is that if you like if if you like the show and you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. If you're into like the makings of or have any sort of interest in how they make stuff on TV and film, um, it's worth a watch because it'll be quite eye opening. Especially if like got young, even if you've got young kids, I think it'd be quite an inspiring thing to watch if you've got anyone that would like to consider like that as a career path. It it, it almost shows you. It's inspirational in that sense as well, yeah, and it's just really, and it's just really interesting, genuinely interesting. I don't care if anyone thinks I'm nerdy. I just generally <laughs> found it really. interesting. I, I don't think people are tuning out, dude. I think if anything, it's <laughs> it's the fact that you know people that are listening to our back and forth just want to see, they want to hear passion, whatever that passion may be. Mm. And with something like The Mandalorian, it sounds like what they've done, and it was certainly my big takeaway from watching the show was that I was so impressed by how they were respectful of Star Wars canon and its past without being beholden yep. to it. Yeah, exactly. And you, I think you've almost quoted what one of them said. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're actually on the now. that you, You're kind of following the right sort of um, uh, approach that they have there. 
Um, but because the trouble is when you start talking about things like, especially when because it, because it, it's Star Wars, people get a bit like, Ugh. like Star Wars is for geeks, nerds. It's all it, they don't get it. It's like I don't. It's just a bunch of guys running around with like laser swords and it's, no, it's not. It's actually there's loads of like politics stuff in there and real world things stitched into it and it's the stories are really good um even though sometimes they do waver in certain films and certain bits are a bit weak generally you can look past certain things like that but um i thought that this was like all this the mandalorian was better than some of the later films i thought in terms of its quality it was definitely better than the last jedi as a film and it was better than rise of skywalker i agree completely and it gives me a lot of confidence in the various Marvel TV series that are coming up on Disney Plus because of the budget that they're willing to spend to make these shows feel right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, looking at something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is on the way, uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier is still my favourite Marvel film. And the idea of revisiting that kind of tone as a TV show, if The Mandalorian is the bar that they're setting for production value and effort and care then we've got some cool stuff on the way, man. Especially if if you're not into Star Wars, if you're not into Marvel, there's going to be something on there that's going to capture your attention. Sounds like this behind the scenes could also do that as well. I'm very intrigued by this. I, 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 I can't recommend it enough. It's like I say, they're 30 minutes to watch. So they're easy to just slot into a busy schedule like yourself. You know, you're a busy man. You know, you've got a big backlog <laughs> of shows that we spoke about in the early you know a decade ago that you still haven't watched <laughs> and uh I, I just say look in the, in the next few days if you can just squeeze a couple of them out i'm talking about watching these episodes not something else dirty boy um i mean then... <laughs> <laughs> that was such projection i know <laughs> and then just let me know let me know your thoughts on it and, and see if i've managed to do it justice you in... um you projected that jizz reference like the mandalorian directors projected their set paraphrasing it but yeah it's um that that's what that really t- genuinely twinged my nevers i watched i did that last week and it um it took me a few days to get over it. I was like, I want to watch, I want to watch more. <laughs> oh, so you're, uh, you've you've been you've had your nethers thoroughly twinged. They were this. genuinely twinged quite massively by it. So um, yeah, that's enough said on that. I think I think that now it's just for people to actually watch it and see if they agree with my um, my synopsis. I think anyone with a vague interest in TV and film and how it's made, I, it sounds like they'd, they'd really enjoy this. Ignore so. the fact that it's Star Wars, if you're one of those people that are like, oh, Star Wars. Um, ignore that. It doesn't matter in this in this instance. It genuinely doesn't matter. Interesting. Yeah. So here's what's been twinging my nethers, and it's if you've paid any sort of attention to my social media presence in the last few days, uh, it will be immediately apparent <laughs> that The Last of Us Part <laughs> 2 is uh, has been thoroughly... <laughs> I knew it when you texted me earlier, like when you was telling me what we were doing. I was like, he's definitely going to bang on about The Last of Us Part 2. But <laughs> well, I actually want to hear about it because I, I like the first one. But I um, but I got on the bandwagon a bit late. I didn't get on it until they remastered it. Right. So I only I think I only really got into it in the last couple of years. So um, I know it's been a franchise that's been out for what, eight years? Uh, 2013. 
Is that when it came out? The first, the 2013. First... The, the PS3 version came out in 2013. Oh, 2013. Yeah. Seven okay. years, Seven, yeah. Seven years, yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite well established, isn't it? Very much so. And and I think a lot of people that have discovered it through the remastered version on PS4, are a lot of people still sleep on the multiplayer. I just want to sneak that in first before we get into part two. The multiplayer of The Last of Us is still, to this day, A, one of the best multiplayer games I've ever played. And you know how much I love Halo, right? And that are... Are really? I, it I, is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I never played the multiplayer. I played the story. Here's, you talking about Star Wars and calling yourself a nerd. Let me, <laughs> nerd. Let me tell you something that I have never said publicly. I have played The Last of Us Remastered multiplayer consistently with Johnny Wilson since the day it came out. Uh, so this is on the on on the original, not on the remaster or the original. Both. Both. So seven years you've been playing it consistently, consistently in the background. I would say minimum once a week. No, really? With obvious gaps for holidays, etc., etc. But, but on average once a week. On average once a week. I absolutely love that game. And to be How fair... How many hours have you sunk into that then? I suppose there will be long stretch... Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. If you go back to my <laughs> Just... ha- if you go back to my Halo stats, it's a wonder I've got a fiancé. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, but if you... Yeah, if you... There's definitely moments where we hit pause. So there would have been like a, a year in there somewhere where we were pretty much just playing Fortnite. Like that last oh, okay. of us kind of got put aside. There would have been a moment in there for... Uh, like when you uh, do you know what when you said there was a pause there for some Fortnite, it just makes me think oh my god oh we played that for a period of time i <laughs> i have no intention of looking back on that <laughs> and going back in any sense i'm not interested but um yeah so it's but people sleep on that multiplayer dude people assume it's crap and it's phenomenal and uh i encourage anyone that still has access to a copy either their own retail copy they've purchased themselves or maybe through like one of the playstation plus giveaways i think last of us remastered was, was Given it, was away. A give- it was a giveaway not that long ago, actually. It was right it? around the time that the press for part two was really ramping up, and it was a very yeah. smart play by them to have that on everyone's hard drives. I I, I, um, I did download it, um, cool. but I played it. I borrowed it off of someone about a year or two before, um, but I have a copy. I do have a copy to access, to be fair, so I could, I could partake in one of your Szechuans at some point. I uh, would be thrilled. However, you. I feel as though if you've been playing as much as you have, it's going to be like I'm going to be the proper noob. Oh, you would be my you would be my meat <laughs> shield. <laughs> you would be. I killed a guy. <laughs> it's a Battlefield Friends reference to anyone that's on YouTube <laughs> these days. But um, you would absolutely be my meat shield in that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would be throwing you around like a wet Burley, salmon. Go over there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for yeah. That guy revealed himself. And it'll just be another montage of burly deaths. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> but it'll all be in the spirit of you learning. <laughs> <laughs> it's my learning curve. <laughs> um, so just, yeah, that's, that's something I just had to get out of the way. That, that's, yeah. that's been, I suppose you could say that's been an ongoing twinge of my nethers since that game dropped. Off and on. I, I can't say that I've, maybe, one, maybe once a week is probably like a, an unrealistic average. But let's say that on and off for seven years, I've been playing that game pretty consistently but that's pretty good i i have never played a game on and off for any period of time i'm trying to think of the game that i might have played for the longest i mean Gen- i, I Gen- would guess halo 
I haven't played it. Oh, when I played it, I probably, yeah. But the Halo franchise, when that, yeah, on and off, they were probably quite a lot. Back in the day, I mean. I'm talking like yeah. Halos 1, 2, and 3. The original Xbox and the first one on 360, that era. Yeah. I played that. Yeah, I did play that quite a bit over a few years. But mm, I think Battlefield 4 might have been one of my biggest ones. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't. It, I'm talking about maybe 15 months. <laughs> Sure. So your yours is like seven years. Seven years. What are my days? That's that's pretty good. I mean, to keep your attention, like I'm just like, I get bored of something. I want to get onto the next thing. I'll get so many a time allocation a month or a week that I want to give it to new things. Sure. So and bear in mind that I I absolutely do that because of the. But it, it shows how good it is if that's the yes. a good thing. So yes. if you're still doing it, then it really must be good because I've just never had anything that has like made me want to keep going back to it for that long. Yeah, so. I, th- I think a lot of it is the fact that I, because I keep quite a tight circle of friends that I, you know, I don't care about having, you know, I don't equate my 500 Facebook quote unquote friends to the people actively in my life, right? So... Yeah. Uh, the people that I do spend time with, because a lot of them are gamers, and we often do play separately, I'm okay spending a lot of time playing The Last of Us here with Johnny, because I know I'm playing other stuff with other people, and I'm playing with Kit as well. Kit and I share gaming together. So time for us is not so much of a factor with gaming. I can afford that dedication. And like you say, it's got to be doing something right <laughs> to keep me interested. No, it must be. No, 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 yeah. exactly. If something can keep your attention for that long... Uh, it's the same with like a TV series. If a TV series goes on for years and years and years and years, some it drops. Some people lose interest after a time. If you can keep watching it through to season fifteen, then it's doing a good thing. Yes. Um, so if you're what if you can play the same game, especially when they stop supporting it in terms of like DLCs and stuff, like mm. it is just you know at a point it's like now you've just maxed out. You're not you, the only thing you're getting out of this now is genuinely just the gameplay. Then. Um, but not that I'm bothered about, you know, extra content. No, but I see your point. It's though, the experience, it's, isn't it? It's yeah. got to that point where it now it's like, this is basically in the hands of the community, really, because we're not going to be making any more new stuff for it. We're making our next games. And yeah. and Naughty Dog have now released three games since Unch- uh, The Last of Us Remastered. You know, they did Uncharted 4, Lost Legacy, and Part 2. And I'm still playing Part 1. It's still, it's still got its hooks in me. The The multiplayer is really tactical it's very skill based every round feels different um because lives are at a premium you have a shared pool of lives and that is a four on four competitive multiplayer so it's it's intense and it leads to some it's led to some very memorable moments that i'm still discovering and there's still a community supporting it i have never struggled in any at any point to get into a game ever and that's crazy when you think about the fact that The Last of Us Remastered is only on PS4 because you're not yeah. playing with the PS3 crew. You're playing PS4 only for a game that's a remastered PS3 game that's now seven years old. And I have never had to sit in the lobby going, oh man, no one's online tonight. Ever. Which is usually the case after a couple of years, you know, the servers basically oh, yeah. become barren on certain games, don't they? Completely. Sometimes um, a lot quicker than that. Well, yeah, but so that speaks quite. That speaks really well, then, really, for that game. On that basis, I'll have to give it a go now. So, yeah, man, uh, I, I would be. Kinda... So, are they not doing the um, multiplayer in part two? So, here's what's happened with that, and I actually respect them for this. Part two was originally announced to have a multiplayer like part one. 
the scope of part two got so big and they realized how complex of a game it was, they decided to separate the single player and the multiplayer. So part two was released as a single player only game, but it's a 25 to 30 hour single player game. It's a big boy. Okay. And they're going to release whatever the next version of Last of Us multiplayer is as a standalone thing later on down the line, I reckon as a PS5 title. Okay. So that's coming. And we know it's coming. They've said they've, they've been hiring people um, for, for positions at the company that relate to multiplayer coding uh, and server management. So they're staffing up. They're working on it. They just had to get part two out the gate first because it's just such a complex, detail-orientated game. They couldn't afford to split their teams, basically. Yeah. Um, okay. And where I'm at with part two, obviously I won't speak to spoilers, but... I have had my heart in my throat so many times, and yet despite the intensity, I'm still having fun. It's not a miserable experience. It's not like, you know, you're not just crapping your pants every five seconds and feeling like, I can't relax with this. I'm enjoying just the combat and playing the AI different factions off against each other and just being in that world. It's stunning to look at. The combat is infinitely more complex now compared to the first game. And yeah. the story, the writing and the acting is really what's got me because that's my wheelhouse. My, I built a whole career around performing arts and directing and seeing the performances, the motion captured performances in this game and the way that it's been written and directed. It is a cut above. I, It's a masterpiece. It's 10 out of 10. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that. I, I've seen a few people sort of like um, say slightly less uh, positive things about it. So, so those are the ones I wanted to hear because I was like, "What? Why are people a, a franchise cons- highly considered to be, you know, a ten out of ten consistently? What? Why would what? What bad things can people say? So, and some and some of the stuff I heard, and which I don't agree with because I'm like, "What are you on about?" Was um, I read one today where it's like, "Oh, it's too long," <laughs> and and I'm like, "Surely a game can never be too long because." You're getting your value for money, surely. <laughs> and he was saying the best, the best, the best, the good old days are when the PS3, Xbox 360, where you know a, a campaign single player would be like ten hours. And I'm like, what you want about ten hours is nothing. You, that's like three or four sit downs, you know, of playing it, and you've done it. And I remember as a kid, um, and hopefully I don't go too off topic here, so don't let me go too far. When I, I remember when we were teenagers, obviously it was all like um, PS2, uh, Xbox. So it was all, nothing was really online. It was you buy a game, you play the, the mm. campaign, and then that was it. You're done. So then you're like, okay, so I'll play the campaign again, but on a harder difficulty. But you're looking at 10-hour, 10, 15-hour 10, cycles, aren't you? And that's how you got ridiculously good at a certain game. You just play, oh, I can do it in eight hours now. I can do it in five hours. Now I'm bored to my back teeth of it i haven't saved up enough pocket money to buy my next game <laughs> so you just yeah i just i literally played this game i'll play it again I'll play it again I'll play it again like all the early medal of honors i must have played 50 times each all the through and it's and i just thought sure so by introducing a game that's 30 hours 40 hours long and then saying that's a bad thing because no one's finishing it i'm like well then they're clearly not then don't those people shouldn't be playing the game then should it they can't right. commit to 28 hours campaign like because they can't complete the game in like three days they don't want to play it it's like no yeah sure, it's, a, it's, I... a, it's a slow burn <laughs> yeah and, that's, and that should be okay right because i think 
perhaps where that perception comes from is people seeing that a lot of games are becoming longer because the budgets are getting bigger and they're greater scale. These big AAA titles, they tend to be massive. And maybe that some people that actually really like the shorter experiences because maybe it fits in better with their lifestyles or they just don't like open world big long titles that could just be their preference uh, it seems to be that there's that the perception is that there's a move away from those type of games that the, the shorter titles are being left behind in favor of bigger games and i don't i don't strictly agree with that because i think first of all there's a place for both absolutely they could be you know titanfall 2 is one of the best single player shooters i've ever yep. played in my life and that campaign can be done in five hours Yes, this that's what the guys in this in this review in this uh, article. The guy was like Titanfall Two, like you beauty. He was referencing Titanfall Two for right. its 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 absolute the fact that they managed to achieve a fantastic uh, single player game in such a short, condensed yeah amount of time. But then he was in then he slated. Um, Uncharted Four for being too long compared well, to <laughs> Uncharted Two, and I was like, I played Uncharted Four recently, and it definitely didn't take me too long to play it. Um, I, I think I knocked it out in like I don't know, like fifteen hours or something. Right. That was too long, apparently. Burley, I and just it... <laughs> I think this, I think this is a false equivalency because to hold Part Two and games like Uncharted Four in a bad light because the reviewer thinks they're too long. Because he prefer he or she prefers shorter games, I don't think that's a fair criticism. If you don't like the pacing of a game, or there are sections that repeat, or it drags, and it feels like the runtime is padded, to me that's a valid criticism. To say I don't like this game because I prefer shorter games is is like an odd. If especially if you're critically reviewing it, I think that's an yeah. odd thing to say. And if and it like you said, Burley, if you don't prefer longer games, then why are you buying part two? Yeah, so it, exactly. it's, it's a tricky. It's a, that's a false equivalency, I think. There, it's, it's an odd one. And actually, one, yeah. a bit a key thing for me now, actually, when I look at buying a game, is that I want to know how. I always like to see what's the runtime. What's the runtime? How long will this take? What's my expected expectation to play this game? And if it's something like, if it's less than 10 hours, I generally lose a bit of interest. I'm like, well, that's too short. I'm not spending 50 quid. And then within eight hours, I'm done. Because then so, the chances so of me going back to it are very slim. And I've just spent 50 quid for eight hours. Now, so, to some people, that's good value. But to yeah. me, it's, it's not. So, I'm okay. Like, so in situations like that, is that's when I would then cite Titanfall 2. Because that had a multiplayer that would keep you playing for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yes. And, and it had the benefit of a really tight, well-written single-player campaign that was, it was five hours. The quality was there, so it yeah. kind of made up for it. And Agreed. it had multiplayer on top of and that. The, yeah, if the game's got a really good multiplayer, then if the single-player is quite short, but it's got a really good multiplayer, it, it's, a, it's a bit of like checks and balances. But um, I suppose in, in the aspect of if you're buying a single-player game, it's like a story game. Yeah. 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 So there is no multiplayer. Then less than 10 hours, what's the point? Um, uh, if you're buying something that is like a single player with a multiplayer but it's a short story like you could take call of duty couldn't you like no one really buys it for the stories they buy it for the the multiplayer don't they yeah but i quite like playing the um the yeah, stories I, I, I find always... i genuinely find them really fun but and, and i'm actually like oh make this longer put a bit more into the story i'd actually quite enjoy a an 18 hour cod game i think i think i'd really appreciate it and then you've got the multiplayer as well <laughs> yeah especially if it's co-op as well i think that always sweetens the deal um yeah. i suppose 
way I would look at, at it is if it does, for me, it doesn't come down to an issue of length. That's not what I'm looking at. I look at value. I look at the price. So if it's a game that's single player only and it's a five hour story and they want 50 quid, I'm a big no for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it's a single player game with a short campaign and a decent multiplayer and it's full price, I'll consider that. I won't not yep. I won't dismiss that. Yeah, yeah. And and then if it's but if it's a single player game, maybe from a smaller dev team, like one of those double A games, not the full big budget, but it's a bit better than indie in terms of production yep. value, right? Yep. And it's priced at like a budget price, like thirty quid, twenty quid, I uh, I will absolutely consider that even if it's a short game. Because I don't think I would have bought World War Z otherwise yeah uh, how much was what well, i think it was what 25 30 quid world yeah. war z world war z uh... was like 30 quid and i realize of course that has a multiplayer component so that definitely helps it it's not yeah. strictly a fair comparison to our five hour single player game argument right but it, i think it does speak to the idea of value and that's how i look at something is if i'm going to invest 30 quid i'm going to want there to be a, a decent amount of meat on the bone but i don't expect it to be 15 20 hours i don't need it to be that because i know i've either got a multiplayer that takes care of it in terms of value and i feel like i haven't spent full price yeah that, that's a good example of something in the middle which yeah uh, but and i suppose it's what you're excited about like i'm a i'm the world with world war z i i was um into the book like this is one of these situations rare situations where i got into the book then they did a film and then they did a game and i read the book when it first came out and was i think i even lent you the world war yeah man. i think you might i think you've even still got it <laughs> i'm actually pretty sure i'm looking at it right now on my bookshelf have you have you read it i'm pretty that? sure that i haven't okay that's about right <laughs> um so the the book's really really good by the way um the book is still better than the film and the video games um but you're right though it does it's so context sensitive because yeah. of what you're into so I yeah. think so I understand why you would look at length and that is often a metric for you but then it's it's so subjective isn't it because if that's your metric for me it's value and often those two things cross over because price and time spent and is it multiplayer and how long is the single player often do kind of cross over when you're making a decision as to whether to invest Yeah 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 you got to put you, you got so I another great example of, of good value for money would be i think the witcher 3 you can buy for like a tenner um and then i think if you want to buy it with the dlcs you're looking at like 15 20 quid um and when you consider that could be 400 hours for 20 quid bonkers uh that's that's but of course still there is <laughs> don't forget that that's the best deal now and i think at the time even as a full price game it, you could look at that and go oh that's still amazing value but of course oh, to yeah. you know it, it has it's been a long time so of course it's dropped in price but then yeah, in terms oh, yeah. of in terms of value as a full price release that's single player only yeah, tough to beat in terms of content yeah right? so i think even if that full price with the dlc is a full price 60 60 80 quid still amazing value if you're gonna right. get 400 and, hours out and hey it. man it's so on xbox and that's on and that's on one playthrough you could play the game again with a different outcome against 800 hours <laughs> yeah Do you know what i mean and it's For on 60 pounds worth of your monies it's definitely. on uh it's on xbox game pass as well so you if you subscribe to that service you can get the witcher 3 as part of that right now and that's crazy phenomenal phenomenal value when you're phenomenal. paying when you're paying 10.99 a month for xbox live and xbox game pass and it's got witcher 3 red dead redemption 2 
every Halo game, every Gears of War game, and about 150 other titles. I'm like, come on. That the value is just it's reframing. That's the thing, dude. You know, we, we talk about these metrics and how we judge whether a game is worthy of our dollar, but Xbox Game Pass and subscription services are gonna flip that on its head. Because suddenly you're getting access to stuff. Like when the Xbox Series X comes out this year, I'm gonna get Halo Infinite for nothing. Because it's part of my subscription. So uh, that's I've looked at this thing actually because I did the um the trial for the PS Store, so it's eight pound a month, and you get access to PlayStation a, Now, so, right? PlayStation Now, yeah. So it's the you get a section of PS One, PS Two, PS Three, and PS Four titles um, at variant amounts, and there's some there's some good there's some banging stuff in there. Um, there's some also some random stuff, but you always get that. Mm. Um, but based on that alone, like you got like you had like the the Fallout's. There was loads of Fallout's in there. There was um, some Star Wars games, some great Star Wars games, and great fps in there and i did the 30 day free trial just to see like how i'd get on with it and i just didn't play it enough because because again because i'm one of these like hyper focus sort of gamers i like to get a game and then draw the crap out of it for as long as i humanly possibly can <laughs> and and then and then you get the odd sort of short and like sometimes the odd bridge game if that makes sense because i don't get to play anywhere like i used to um like three or four years ago like in the last few years it's like gaming time has gone down significantly mm. just because i just don't get the time and when i do get the time i'm genuinely it's late in the evening when i get to play and i'm so, so my eyes are sticky and i'm like i can't focus <laughs> <laughs> so this, and i'm like this is do i play or do i watch and i generally watch stuff now so if I'm paying for something, like there's a stack of games there, I'm probably not going to play it. Whereas if I bought a game, I'm more likely to then draw and make myself play it, if that makes sense. Um, no, I, I, I hear you on so this. I think, I think it's so a... I think that's where we differ slightly at the minute in terms of what our preferences are in gaming. So I think we've kind of taken, a, not, a, not a massive fork, but we've kind of taken slightly different paths parallel to each other. But they'll probably rejoin again down the line once circumstances change. So I know you're sort of going for like this uh as like all this um quantity sort of content where i'm going for a much more slim um slim line yeah, approach to I, and i think so i want to speak to this a bit because i think it's a really interesting point you've made there and i've thought about this a lot which is that you're right there is on the face of it something like playstation now and xbox game pass there's so much in there that you won't be because you're you're gonna laser focus and you want to have that one game at a time to draw as much from as you can. You sort of feel like, oh man, well I'm I'm there's no way, right? There's no way yeah. I could get to this. Now my I've been thinking about this because it really made me think about my gaming habits. And I realized, even though I'm beating the drum about Game Pass and I think Xbox are, are what they're doing next gen is going to be transformative, and I really believe that. Um, I too have essentially got one single-player game on the go per console, right? Which would seem to... Like, for instance, on Xbox, it's Assassin's Creed. I'm playing that right now. Um, that would seem to fly in the face of my own point about the value of having all these games accessible, right? Mm. And I was thinking... And I was trying to reconcile this because I kind of found myself going, right, well, then Burley's perspective is quite interesting here because it's... He he's wants to pay for his game get the most from that game possible and having too much choice means he won't get to any of it and i think that's a really interesting point my counter to this and what i've been really thinking about is is a different way of framing this conversation and that is 
I don't look at Xbox Game Pass as suddenly feeling like, oh my god, I've got 200 games, I'm never going to get to them. I look at it as, when I'm ready, they'll be there for me. Yeah. So, while I might have one on the go at a time, you know, I've got my Animal Crossing on Switch, I've got Part 2 going on PS4 right now with Kit, and I've got Assassin's Creed going on Xbox right now, I know that because all of the Xbox first-party stuff goes on their day one, and there's constantly new single-player and multiplayer and co-op experiences being added, that some of them cycle out, right? Some of them, like Netflix, some of them cycle out, and some of them say stay in forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I look at it like I'm, no matter where I'm at with my gaming, I could potentially never buy a game again on Xbox, because I know that always, when I'm ready, there will be something for me to dip into and then decide right that's my game right now just like you would do with a full price purchase so when you start looking at that idea and then the idea of next gen i'm looking at halo infinite thinking oh first mainline halo game I, in five years digging into I my actually, childhood i oh. actually agree i agree with that on the base so I've, a few years ago i would have been all over it 100 percent. like even just going back four three four years because the amount of I would definitely have been churning through the games at a decent pace. Yeah. But at the minute, my pace has slowed right down. So I just feel like per annum, if I look at it as a cost per annum per game. So when you're probably what? So it's like what? How much is it? So eight pound? Is it eight pound a month? How much is it for the so, thing? So let's let's be totally fair in terms of what i'm paying right so i pay for xbox live gold which is the online access and game pass under their ultimate subscription which while it does save me some money i am paying 10.99 a month so that's um uh uh, 100 uh, i can't do my math right now (laughs) quick calculator 120 quid a month uh, a year sorry yeah pretty much 120 quid a year so i don't spend at the minute per annum my gaming spend is probably like because i go with deal i tend to buy stuff after it's come out now yeah um when it's like cheap so i'm nowhere spending near maybe like 80 pound a year and at a slow burn so i feel like i would so we're not talking we're not talking huge amounts of money here i mean it's not like <laughs> i'm you know it, it but to me it's like ah, i just i'd rather because i know i'm in that figure it's just easy just to pay pay as you go at the minute i'm on like sure. a pay as you go yeah obviously you want contract subscription like, so i watch a lot of tv and so subscription services like netflix like amazon prime now tv all that stuff yes but like and then like i do the similar thing with like not so much at the minute because um but audiobooks, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks, so it makes sense to subscribe and pay the £8 a month and then listen to books all the time. So I'm all about this subscription because it always works out cheaper to just have constant access to everything rather mm. than buy. But at the minute, on the gaming front, it doesn't quite... It's just the balance isn't quite there. It's slightly tilted against me. So sure. at the minute, it doesn't fit my gaming lifestyle, if that makes any sort of sense. Um, but I imagine that the scales will tip 
again down the line and then the subscription will then become a bigger part because i'll be like oh i'm playing a bit more now so it makes sense to, to pay right the, the, so it becomes money. it becomes a question of time invested then yeah right? yeah so like for me like it, it made so t- like before i always used to be like why would i pay for an audiobook i never listened to i listened to like one book every six months but then i went to like one book a you know, I just listened to it maybe two hours a day, right? Monday, Monday to Friday. So I was like, well, eight pound a month is well worth it because that I'm just gonna ch- just listen, listen, listen to so much content. And I've got an audio book library, like I've got so many books, but I'm just gonna I'm plow, I would plow through them. Mm. Um, so for me, that eight pound a month suddenly became very valuable, right? Um, and like I say, Netflix, like some people never watch it, but you know, I watch so much Netflix, it's like, yeah, it makes sense because I'm watching. You know so many hours a week it's worth it but with gaming it's like they were there are some weeks where i play it not at all there are some weeks where it's like a few hours and then there are other weeks where it might be a bit higher if there's like um uh a long weekend or something and drew and Gemma decides to go out for an afternoon somewhere and takes drew with her and i'm left at home and i'm like gaming <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah like, it's not I... it's not the it's not the evening and I'm not tired, I'm going to play a game because I can enjoy it more as opposed to um, it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, you know, like the other week when we, you, you text me and it was just, at that point, I'd put a film on and I'd relaxed. Do you know when you just sort of go, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I 100% like, I'm like, I'm, and, and my mindset moved somewhere else and I was like reclined on the sofa with a beer, watching some, watching a <laughs> film and I'm like, I don't want to play a game now. Sure. I don't think I've got yeah. it in me. Also, this this was where I was kind of coming from, I think, because it allowed... It made me sort of really look at myself in comparison to you and the habits of our gaming. And it made me kind of go, oh, I took a minute where I was like, oh, maybe, you know, I th- think it makes, th- it's a I think fair it point. Makes, I think it makes much more sense for you because you spread... Because of what you do, you obviously... It, it, you write, you're a journalist for... Like, you write about a lot of this stuff. Mm. And therefore you dedicate a bit more time to it than 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 I would. So it makes sense for you because you're definitely going to be, you're, you're spread over a couple of um, platforms as well, whereas yes. I'm like a single platform. Yeah. Uh, very sort of like streamlined amount of time that I can dedicate to that. So therefore, to me, there's certain slightly different requirements, I think. So like, therefore, yeah. that's why I'm leaning more ps5 over uh xbox because of the what it offers the type of games and the services sort of cater slightly to my habits at the minute sure Um, yeah because i I suppose i I was looking at it less about personal habit and more about value again and that so that that's what i mean where i was really having to think about it for myself in comparison to you because it made me think like oh wow does have i ever felt the pressure of feeling like i'm not watching enough netflix because there's so mm. much choice and I'm paying the subscription, but I don't tend to watch it very often, really, on balance. And yet I still feel like I like the idea of it being there. I think, you know what it comes from? This is what I, this is how I was able to frame it in my head was I've never minded having a backlog, as you know, as we joke about with my shows. I enjoy the idea of me never running out of options. But I with something like Xbox Game Pass... I don't feel the pressure to play anything, everything all the time. I just love knowing it's there. And then when you then consider what's coming up with next gen and what the kind of games that are going to be on there day one, when I compare what's on PS5 day one, which will be a really great Spider-Man game 
versus Halo Infinite, there is no question for me that I, I could wait for Mars Morales, but yeah. I can't wait for Halo Infinite. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And, I, 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 yeah. I see I see the appeal there, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like there to be a little bit of backlog for me. I like yeah. options. But yeah, yeah. I feel like if there was too much, I'd be so overwhelmed. I remember when I was going through the PlayStation Now stuff, I was getting to the point of, all oh, that, I know that. Uh, and that, but and be, it was nice that it was there, but I just knew in my head I was like, I'm not going to get around to that. I'm not going to get around to that. Yeah. Do you, okay, so I just... <laughs> can I can I ask you then about this because this is interesting. Do you think because you and I both play in in at different time frames, I suppose, different lengths yeah. of time. We're both super into our single player games. We both yeah. like story driven stuff. Absolutely. Do you think you would end up finding yourself playing more games more regularly? If you were multiplayer, if you were on the multiplayer stuff, possibly, yeah, I, I do. I love, I love playing multiplayer. I've always preferred playing it with, obviously, like yourself or Chips or Rocco mm. or, or anyone else. It's always better when you're playing with closer friends, hands down. So I always like to reserve when we're getting together. Like that's when I like to focus on the multiplayer. I will play on my own, like Barry No Mates with no, you know. <laughs> With everyone else, all my squad mates on mute, and I'm just playing my own thing. <laughs> um, I will do that, but I, I actually prefer sitting like I used to be a lot of Sunday afternoons, maybe you know for like four or five hours straight playing like a, a single player, mm. just playing it through that way, um, and then maybe one evening a week where I get maybe a couple of hours, so I get eight or nine hours a week playing on a single player over so many weeks or months in some instances when i played certain games it was that was it i'd be on a game and for like three four five months or sometimes longer in, in the cases of like the witcher 3 you know i think mm. that was like i think that was like eight seven or eight months of Hardcore. quite a lot of, of quite a lot of consistent gaming because yeah. it was before drew came along and um but now it's totally different like so the style but i imagine that that it will come back again down the line yeah and it's it's and but at the minute like it's just a more more challenging so it's more compact gaming sure but trying to get it as long as possible so like you say it's there's a lot of multiplayer up on my home screen at the minute but there's a couple of single player like i've just delved dived into the library of all the free stuff they gave away in previous months and just working through that at the minute nice um but like you say it'll so, evolve it can evolve over time right and yeah yeah i think yeah, like if, i in think five years time it'll be totally different yeah it'll be a, my the way i approach it will be different and then five years after that it'll be different again yeah so i, I, I think that's, I, that's I go right. through these sort of ups and downs i'd say where it's like really tight gaming versus i've got a lot more time for it so it's like it, it'll go up and down and and the the lengths of time may vary as well so it's all around like work habits and kids and yeah uh, definitely. how you spend your personal time it, it, it all sort of starts to conflict and priorities differ slightly so at the minute the ps5 for me is the the is for me will work better because it's going to be more of those sort of triple a single player games that will be the slow burn for me um, which would just fit will fit me for certainly the first couple of years comfortably. Yeah, and that's uh, that's and... really interesting too. Then because I think I think the picture will become a lot clearer when Xbox show their hand and they they, 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 they show they're holding that, they're yeah holding back, they? <laughs> because we've got we've got the 
their equivalent event to the Sony PS5 one, they're doing theirs in July. In the, there's still no word on what the costs are either. They're no, still we both don't know. going, we're not going to tell anyone how much it's going to cost they're, yet. We're waiting. <laughs> they're playing like a game of like um, of chicken. They're trying to wait be to like, see. It's gonna be out, it'll be out tomorrow. Do we know how much it's going to be? No, no, no. Nope. We're still waiting for no, no, no. <laughs> you, you'll find out, you find out when you check your bank statement. At the yeah, end. yeah. When you um, walk up and they go, well, for you it's this and for you it's that. <laughs> but uh, So I think it'll be a lot clearer when they've shown their first party games and their exclusives and i think they'll hopefully my hope for xbox is that they have been able to retain their existing focus on multiplayer titles and also shown all these studios they've been purchasing all these all these companies that are now microsoft studios xbox game studios sorry uh that they'll show some single player stuff and they'll go here's our here's a much broader slate and I suppose actually that's what I was looking for from PlayStation and didn't get with PS5. I just yeah, saw I saw more it, single player it was, stuff. It was a letdown. I'll be honest. That event, I tuned out of it because I was like, "This is dull." <laughs> yeah, and I think this that's, isn't that's, this isn't very good. I, this is not selling it. Yeah, but I saw past all that. I, I, you know, if Xbox come out and they do something that kind of convinces me, then maybe I would. But at the minute, it's I'm still quite firmly in that PS5 camp. Nice. Um, well, that's that's kind I, of where I'm at with this in terms of like how they present themselves because I think that will be quite telling. I think once both have kind of laid their cards on the table and we see if Xbox are going to put their money where their mouth is and show some some high fidelity single player games as well as you know I I really think Halo Infinite's going to surprise people. I've got a lot of I've got a lot of bank on that game, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how we both feel when they've said here's what's actually coming out day one yeah 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 i suppose once all the cards on the table i'm i'm open to the point of being convinced the other way but um they'd have to put a pretty strong case i think um, yeah and, and by the yeah. way that'd be the same for me because if they said we're releasing last of us part two multiplayer on day one of ps5 you can guarantee i'm getting a ps5 because <laughs> it was it, that was the thing there are so many games in that ps5 showcase that actually i really liked and that looked great there was just none in there though that made me go oh my god i have to buy this console as soon as it comes out i couldn't possibly wait whereas yeah. whereas xbox just in with halo infinite alone and the fact that i wouldn't even have to actually pay for it <laughs> is is enough for me so like that's where i'm going but that's not to say that either the PS5 might not come out with like a killer app where you're like, oh my god, I have to get that now. I can't wait. And also, and the in the inverse being for you would be Xbox showing Halo and going, look how amazing this is, and maybe something else where you're like, oh, well, I can't miss out on that. You yeah. know. So it's it's interesting. I think both of us will be in a very interesting spot later in the year when they finally show this stuff. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be some decisions that would have to be made. And I mean, it's like first world things here, isn't it? Like, oh my God, so much. Yeah. Which console do I get? How much money am I going to spend? <laughs> um, so I wanted to circle it back to part two. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I it was like a 40 minute tangent. Oh there. my God. And, uh, every... and it got really, there was nothing. It was very serious. I don't, we didn't really insult each other or, or bash anything <laughs> at quick, all. For quick, a whole half uh, hour. You've got a Viking beard. Uh, you poo a lot. Uh, uh, ooh, you sound like a little child. <laughs> um so uh t- you spoke about the criticism that you'd seen and the perception of part two and i wanted to kind of speak to two parts of that which is that the kind of criticisms that i've been seeing because i know i've talked a big game about it I've, I've probably been quite hyperbolic about it but i really do believe it's one of the one of the best games ever made 
And... I, 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 without having played it, I, I would probably agree to that. To be perfectly sure. Frank. Now, but I want, I want to speak to this because there are, I think there are some criticisms that I've read that have been quite unfair, and I also want to speak to my own criticisms of it. So I'm not just like uniformly positive. So, um, and this is what's really been twinging my nethers. It's been this. So. The things I've read online where people have said, you know, you talked about the game length and about it's too long, right? Yeah. I think if the issue was pacing, like there's it, there's quite, it's quite slow in parts where you're kind of just exploring at your own pace and people don't like that. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's an issue of pacing. I think just saying mm, it should be five hours is stupid because if, it, if they're not telling a five hour story and the story takes that time, let them take that time. Let them do what they want to do. It's their story to tell, right? Yeah. Whether yeah, yeah. you like playing something for that long or not is different. That's like that's just subjective to you. What the problem I have is where the people were popping up online having saying, maybe they read the leaks that came out before launch or where several story beats were leaked online about three weeks before it came out or about 12 hours after launch, they were saying, this story sucks. It's terrible. What have Naughty Dog done? And they're saying that like 10 hours after it came out, when the game is 30 hours long, which means they definitely haven't completed it. Yeah. They haven't played the full story. They're just they, What they've seen is that there's a trans actor in the game playing a trans character. And uh, they're, they're looking at that the lead character is a lesbian in a, a relationship in the game. And a lot of people are singling those things out as to reasons why they can't support it. Now, to me, that has nothing to do with the quality of the game or the um, uh, the detail and care that's put into the artistry of making it. I think that's just bigots not liking the fact that it's not a straight white male shiving clickers anymore. <laughs> so that part, I have no time for that criticism. People saying, nah, it's like, oh, agreed, the story, story's terrible. Blah. Complete the game first. And you're entitled to not like the story and the way it plays out. But to say that it's bad because you disagree with it because your religion tells you to <laughs> or something, uh, or you're raised in a house that doesn't accept LGBTQ plus people, then fuck off, quite frankly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. agreed. The agreed. criticisms that I have of it, like, I, I mean, I'm 10 out of 10. I'm masterpiece. I've been lauding it, all these things. But there are a couple of things that I think it doesn't do very well. And one thing is an over-reliance on p finding letters in the world that tell you random side stories and they're always just letters everyone in the world of the last of us is just writing notes all the time <laughs> and i think i feel like the first game did a much better job of doing this where there was a lot more environmental storytelling and there is that environmental storytelling in part two particularly with the amount of detail that's in the game but i just keep i get quite frustrated when i just go into another house and the, and the handwriting looks the same everyone apparently writes the same <laughs> everyone and, uh, went to the same calligraphy class <laughs> <laughs> yeah that part I your penmanship is quite frankly amazing yeah, in reality it... no one knows how to write anymore because <laughs> we all type <laughs> it, so it's that that pulls me out a little bit sometimes and they kind of they rely on that as a device a little bit too much to try and flesh out the world whereas yeah. I'd, I'd quite like to be able to draw my own conclusions from the, the environments because the environments are so detailed there is yeah. so much i mean it looks like a ps5 game that's that is no exaggeration excuse me on a ps4 this game is remarkable like it is yeah. in terms of and not just i don't mean it looking super realistic i mean just the quality of the art direction and the design that's gone into it it's phenomenal so that part the, the there seems to just be like a uh they lean on it a bit too much they lean on that device a bit too often finding notes um yeah. i also think that when 
there are certain sections of the game and I was talking to um, Johnny's brother Jamie about this and I agree with him on this. There are certain sections of the game where the music and the characters are telling you hurry up. Like the music's really intense and the character's like, come on, we got to go. And it's building and building and you always feel like you're under threat. And yet because you're so starved of supplies, you feel like you have to pick through everything to just get a even a use, slightly useful amount of ammo to be able to fight with. And we all know that you love to scavenge. Oh my god, I'm in, smelling... In any, in any game, Burley. you are the one. Oh. Go on, guys, without me. We're yeah. like, where's JT? He's oh, looting. he's 852 <laughs> metres away. Just, I'm just losing. looking in this, this car boot over here. I'm like, we're, we're pinned down. Where are you? I'm coming. And then you get, and then you get killed. And you're 852 meters away, and we can't get to you in you time. You can't revive me. Yeah, I, I like <laughs> I like smelling the roses. I, in fact, yeah. it, this this game being 25 to 30 hours, I'm not completing it in under 35. There's no way because the, <laughs> because there is I I there's so many great moments in this where I think the pacing is fantastic. It slows right down. It is so? Could you say for me, is there a beanbag moment in that game? Absolutely yes. Now tell everyone who doesn't know what that means what the beanbag moment is. So I, many moons ago when JT introduced me to The Last of Us the first time around, and I don't think it was even the remaster. I think this was the original PS3. PS3, yeah, yeah. I was playing it around your place, and you let me write, take the controls and play the game. And at the beginning of the game, game, you're in the house, and you're walking around trying to find things. And there's in the bedroom, there was a beanbag. And I was just looking around and just... And this was PS3, wasn't it? This was PlayStation 3. Yep. And even on the PlayStation 3, I was like, I took a moment, stopped and went, look at the detail on this beanbag. <laughs> and like, there's nothing about the game. The fact that I was in a bedroom and there was a beanbag in the corner and I was like, they, I was just blown away by the detail, just on a little throwaway item in a corner of a game that you're probably going to spend a fraction of a second looking at. And I was like, this beanbag. And then that opened me up and I just started looking at everything thinking the detail in this game is incredible. And it felt really, <laughs> there, and it therefore it makes you feel really immersed. I'm not going to tell you what part. it is, but there is a beanbag moment in part two for you. I can promise you that. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. in what I've played so far. There's a beanbag moment. Definitely. Yeah, but the beanbag moment was in the first three or four minutes. Oh, if it was the first <laughs> time you could actually, because you play as his daughter in the beginning of the game. Yeah, it was the it. first time you actually got on the stick. You've been watching cutscenes up to that point. Yeah, and it's when she gets out of bed and you, you're going around the house looking for Joel. And you, before you leave her bedroom, I remember you turning around and going, "Look at that beanbag," you know. <laughs> and, and and it's yeah. So there is that in this. So what what I wanted to the other thing I was going to say was that because of the urgency of a lot of the game. I actually really appreciate when it does slow down and you are able to pick your way through places because I've had the most both heart and throat moments where something's made me jump uh, or I've just been just really enjoying just being in the world, picking through supplies and trying to scavenge my way through. It's only it only doesn't work when the, the music is kicking in and characters are saying quick run. But I'm like, I really need to explore this building. I have literally no bullets. And the game sort <laughs> of sometimes like tries to almost artificially force you forward so it's pushing it's, it's pushing you on yeah against your will and it does and it isn't needed you're not under attack it's just no it's just like come on dude let's, let's go come on let, we need to go and save tommy <laughs> or whatever and it just yeah it, that that they would be sort of my two kind of gripes with it but i mean the combat over the compared to part one there's i know it might seem a bit stupid to say oh my gosh how revolutionary they've added a jump button but 
in the you last could jump of this, in the first game that was so frustrating <laughs> yeah i know you couldn't jump it was weird um yeah. you can jump in part two and it leads to some moments where like you're so much more agile like you can jump off of like high places and jump down and stab someone almost like splinter cell style yeah. and there are also like you can go prone now so you can hide under trucks and cars to hide from infected and soldiers that are coming after you um and there's also a dodge button so in combat you're not just like you know how in the first game it was like i'm either hitting you with a plank of wood or you're hitting me with a plank of wood yeah, it was <laughs> like, just an exchange of an of exchange wax. of fire whoever was quickest wins right yeah. now and it's not a win button by the way because i was concerned about that that you would just be able to press dodge 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 every five seconds and you just would never get hit you have to time it perfectly but now you can dynamically dodge in whatever direction you want and your combat stance and your moves adapt based on the directions you dodge what's around you like i dodged into a car accidentally and an enemy jumped on me and held me against the car but that's that happened dynamically because i moved that way and um. it just amazed like your your interaction with the environment and the depth of the combat both melee and they, shooting they, they did say the ai and the game is significantly remarkable yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and there's a couple of little touches that i so appreciate is if an enemy hits you with a heavy weapon like a rifle or a shotgun or something you actually get knocked back onto the ground you take the hit and you go down and then while prone on the floor injured you can still hold up your gun and shoot <laughs> and you feel the weight of shots both the ones that you're shooting and the ones that you take you really feel the impact of it it's extremely brutal as a game as well it's not you know if you're into especially because i know how much you love zombies and stuff the last of us is ticking those gore like jason would love the last of us part two so much um, <laughs> makes him sound like a right sicko doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah man it, that so that's kind of they'll be my kind of they, they'll be I, what i believe to be fair criticisms of that game because nothing a 10 out of 10 game does not mean perfect no, 10, no, out, 10 out of it's... 10 there is no perfect game it can just be this it, a 10 out of 10 is a game that achieves something greater than most games like a GTA 5 or a Zelda Breath of the Wild or, yep. you know, a Witcher 3. Um, although not for me because I don't like the Witcher 3. <laughs> oh, have you actually tried? Have you, have you struggled to get into it? I've played three hours of the Witcher 3, Burley, and I don't like it. you got to get past like the 10 hour mark and then it gets a lot better. I refuse. <laughs> I, I've really given it a try. I think the story, You're... I think the story's cool, but the combat and player movement and all of that is so feels so like awkward this is like a whole episode i've just like started now but um it's interesting yeah definitely it's, it's yeah i know dude <laughs> it's 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 a mass effect andromeda for me i'm sorry it's, it's... you know what you're entitled to your opinion it's wrong <laughs> it's wrong but it's your opinion <laughs> i'm gonna um, so I'm going to play some Last of Us Part 2 now and trash the crap out of it. <laughs> Go ahead, because you're entitled to your opinion, even though it's yeah. wrong. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at with Part 2. That's the cool. that's kind of the scoop of it. And I think, I think one, you would absolutely love it. And I actually, I want to tell you about something that I actually mm. don't think I've ever told you before, Burley. Please. Uh, please on my website, I run a, 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 I've been running my own games website for a couple of years now, and, and I have done previously i i worked for uh, my dear friend mike's website tgsn many many years ago and i was very fortunate to be a part of that um and now i actually use my own website almost as a collection of my freelance work 
So yep. whenever I review a game or do an interview, it kind of gets assembled on there as a way of exposing it, as well as the, to the sites I write for. Yeah. Um, and on my website, uh, I came up with a system called uh, the TARP system. And oh yeah, I think you you did tell me about this. Where is this? Where there's like a there's a badge that you give games that is a, there's the, about me that I would yeah yeah. And I'm so happy that you remember this because there is now a badge, a TARP badge, because TARP stands for Totally Accurate Rating Platform, right? Yeah. And they're normally just they just they're visual cues to explain features of a game, right? So and they're normally named after in jokes. So for example, uh. I have is a tart badge called Slim Pickings, and the Slim Pickings badge is for a game that that's lacking in content. Yeah. Right. And there is a there is a tart badge called Yar Bears, <laughs> and it, the the description reads, and I have put this on my website. It is actively viewable. The description reads, the Yar Bears badge is for a game that absolutely has to be played by Adam Burley. Yeah, yeah and I remember this. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Because I would give The Last of Us Part Two a yar bears, and uh, I'm definitely going to be jumping on it. I will be jumping on it. Cool. Because where where are you at gaming wise single player right now? Uh, I've just finished Bioshock Infinite. Nice. Um, and I yeah, it is it, it, it was a weird one. <laughs> it had really good ratings online like it's like 95 percent, 10 out of 10 all this sort of stuff and it's it's quite a, a fun game but i i got a bit lost with the story and at the end when it ended i had to i had to google it i'd have been like i don't understand <laughs> this i don't understand this this ending i don't get it why, that is something why? so uh, kit and i were playing bioshock infinite we're about halfway through it now and then part two arrived so we've hit pause on it and I remember, oh, yeah, yeah. I, and I, we're enjoying it. Same thing. The gameplay is really fun. I, li- I like the sh- the shooting mechanics feel good, and I like the vigors. I like the powers you have. Right? Yeah, uh, it's a nice little blend. It's fun. It's, it's, it's a steampunk yeah. type thing. Cool, to cool it. world. It's, it's un- cool world. It's un- stuff. It's unusual. It's so, pretty cool. When it first came out, I remember reading that the ending was both super divisive and really like confusing. So we haven't got there yet, but I'm curious now. Like the fact that you've said you've had to Google it is very interesting to me. There's a bit in the game where it just gets really bizarre and it's a little bit over the halfway mark and it just starts to like, it's like a bit of like an inception type scenario going on. <laughs> okay. And and I'm like, this is just weird, but whatever, I'm just going to keep, you know, gunning my way through this game quite literally. And then it gets to the end and I'm like, is that is that the end? What? I'm like... <laughs> it, it, I, had to, I genuinely go- I had to bring it up on Google to um, understand it. And then I was like... Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so have you, have you completed Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah. Okay, I feel the same way about that game at the end. I was so annoyed. We could talk about this openly. The, Let's, uh, we won't talk spoilers. The ending, the ending was anticlimactic. Cause like, yeah, oh. it was a bit anticlimactic. I was so, a bit like, all that for that? It just, what yeah. was the point? <laughs> so it, without spoiling it, just because we don't want to, just in case someone's playing it right now, uh, the main character does something which he, he like... He breaks something, right, at the end. And it's yeah. it's the thing that you've been working towards in the game. And I found that super frustrating because it felt really unearned, really cheesy. And I was quite annoyed. I was like, what? 
I've been through all of this on hard mode, remember, because I played it on Jedi Knight difficulty. Yeah. I've been through yeah, all you of this. Yeah, lunatic. Because I was you, a maniac. Yeah, I, I, I had to put the difficulty down because I was like, I can't get through yeah, this yeah. game without... Yeah, I, I was, I was, I don't know what I was thinking, glutton for punishment, but I'm actually proud I did it because I popped some serious Xbox Gs for that because I had it on Xbox. Um, <laughs> but I, I was, remember being so kind of deflated at the end because I kind of went, huh? And it sounds like Bioshock Infinite, even though we haven't got there yet, it sounds like maybe that's what's happened with you with that is you kind of ended up going what yeah what's this i don't think that's necessarily always a bad thing because as long as the journey's good sometimes the ending is a bit like it's a bit irrelevant um but yeah it it for it, it, it did throw me because i remember like i had to pause it this afternoon because i obviously we drew around it so i've got to pause and do something i paused it about 45 seconds before the game ended and i didn't realize i paused it and then i <laughs> and then the, and then in the evening, I went back to it. Like I went, oh, okay, I've got half an hour. I'll, I could probably finish this off in half an hour. It looked like it was near the end. And I unpaused it, and it was like, played out. I didn't even have to play anything. It was like a just before a cutscene. And then it ended, and I was like, then the credits started rolling. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was the most anticlimactic ending I think I've had in a game for a long time. But, <laughs> wow. Um, don't let that put you off. Can you please finish it so we can compare notes? Always, yeah, because I, I, when, yeah. when we're off air, I do want to talk about Jedi Fallen Order as well because I think we're... And especially if you're going to be going through part two soon as well, there's so much fun single-player stuff that we're going to be able to back and forth on because we're both... That's what we're into right now. Um, yeah. And it's where, you know, it's why I loved our Dying Light playthrough so much, apart from the final level which split us off in the co-op. But we played that game start to finish in co-op and just discussing yeah. that story as we were going through was such a treat. It's why, you know, I'm I'm hoping Halo Infinite blows everyone's socks off. <laughs> because, well, because, yeah. because we look at video games like stories, like a film. We do, like, man. If you, if you go in, like, we, when we go to the cinema together, we watch a film, we come out, and then we just talk about and it. And we unpack it. Yeah. We unpack it, and we go, what was that experience for you? Like, what did you like? And then the pros and cons, and then we get... Then if it's a, a franchise that we're passionate about, then we get nerdy about it. And always interesting um, when we feel differently as well. yeah. yeah. And we, we sometimes have completely different opinions and sometimes yeah. we're very much the same and it's, I would, it's, I would it's say, part of the process. I would say you and I, I think, have do actually have across film, TV and games actually do have quite a similar taste in what we're going to try and play or watch. Yep. And I yep. think the only points of difference will be how we ultimately feel about them in the end. Yeah, yeah. So we might give something a, a higher or lower score, but yeah. we'll... We'll still appreciate then, it in the same way. At the same Absolutely. time, just for just as many times as that will be the case, I feel like there's still more instances where we're both like, "The Mandalorian, fuck yeah!" Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Mass Effect, yeah, you know, definitely. Um, there's hey, more, there's more, there's more agreements than disagreements. Definitely. definitely, and I think that's where stuff like Andromeda or The Witcher Three becomes so interesting because we are so aligned so often, and because our tastes are so similar, and our response to things after yeah. the fact is so similar. And when there's and when there's something different, it's it's like, fascinating. It's like weird, isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah, it's like a really yeah. it always sparks an interesting conversation. So um, now, Burley, I've got to say, man, that this is actually we're hitting time right now on our podcast. Yeah. So we've 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 rambled on. This Way is this became an official. This just became a gaming one. This is this gaming week. and Star Wars this week. This is going to be. I'm going to call it Ramblings of a Madman. That's the name of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't get onto any of the stuff that we said that we would do. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, let's tune in for episode six because we will get to those segments. We'll save them and just bump them. I think it's going to have to be five point five or something, won't it? Episode five point five. Five <laughs> just... episode five part two. <laughs> Um, yeah that's it five part two 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to Burley. Your bears. And a teat. Teat. Uh, it's been, as always, a very... Actually, this was quite in-depth, I feel, this week. We really got into the weeds a bit. I think it was genuinely overly serious for us, actually. I think the next one just has to be farts and and uh, <laughs> and blatant insults and just foul language just to offset the fact that we just got a little bit too serious you know what i but think I, I think at the same time totally cool with it totally cool with it and i think to be fair when i see myself in editing i will discover plenty of those things anyway i just so, think it was just i think this was just a proper nerd out this week wasn't it? i think that's it that's it i think that's we just the right nerd thing out. We, we just, just nerd we just out. geek yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we geeked on so yeah, well, Burley, thank you again. As always, a treat. Uh, uh, Burley and Atit is part of Some Drivel, and you can find all of our podcasts, both the Some Drivel podcast, where I have a featured guest that I interview every time we do a new episode. Uh, Burley and Atit, which is our ramblings of madmen, as we uh, have now discovered from our fifth episode. You can find all of these things under the Some Drivel banner. Some Some Drivel banner. Banner. <laughs> Do you I, know was... what? I didn't even clot that. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I was doing so that well, sounds, I think. I was... that, sound, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's nearly <laughs> the right syllables. Um, yeah, I, I was doing so well. I felt so. Br- I was on a roll there. And I just, I, I fucked it. Um, so yeah. you can find all of our shows under the Sum Drivel banner on all good podcast services like Spotify and iTunes. Still haven't actually confirmed whether Google is in fact listing us. So that's that's on every episode you do. You've got to sort that. Got to you, sort it got, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how do we find this out? How do we Google it? We find this out by... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better way to wrap this. Thank you so much, Burley. And ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next time. Creepy goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> that went on one second longer than I thought it would. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I, it, I did. I struggled to end it. Actually, I had a bit of a frog in the throat. <laughs>